I heard joke once. Man goes to doctor, says he's depressed. Life seems harsh and cruel. Says he feels all alone in threatening world. Doctor says treatment is simple. The great clown Pagliacci is in town. Go see him. That should pick you up. Man bursts into tears. But doctor, he says, I am Pagliacci. Good joke. Everybody laugh. Roll on snare drum. Curtains. I'm Griffin. I'm Molly. And we're going into the Superverse. It's been a minute. It really has. Not for you guys, but for us. We have not sat down and recorded an episode of this for like a good three weeks. I meant since I last watched Watchmen. Oh, well, I don't even have that experience. But when was the last time you saw it? Like when it came out, right? Yeah, well, I think it was at home on the old DVD. But we're still talking like 12, 13 years ago. And... What do we all remember? Nothing. No, nothing. 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 Not a, not a thing. Literally made the smiley face. And that's pushing it. Like, didn't remember any of the plot. Didn't remember the sex scene. Which was pretty pretty. I'm like questioning racy, if I even you know? saw the whole thing. <laughs> Everything I know is a lie. So. Yeah, I mean, so, well, it's basically a fresh experience for you then. It really was. I, had, I just remember being really confused, and I still was a little confused this time around. Sure, rightfully so. I, as I've mentioned before on the pod, I believe, I have not seen this movie. This is the first time that I ever watched it. This is also my first time seeing a Zack Snyder movie that's not in the DC extended universe post-Man of Steel. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I've experienced much of 300 the dawn of the dead like i which are movies that i would like to see but of course when we just did our batman v superman episode we were doing a lot of shit talking on Zack snyder but i will say my first note that i had for this was his style for me works much better in the context of this movie than it did for superman and quite honestly i don't know how someone's very different i don't know how someone could watch this and be like this is our guy to do a Superman movie because this Watchmen is such a deconstruction of everything represented by like the big DC heroes that like, I feel like his Zack Snyder's like style works with what this movie is like trying to tell the audience. So for me, it like clicked a lot better. It was all dark. Everyone's kind of, well, there's a lot of misanthropes, especially like Rorschach. Like everything's just kind of dreary and it's like the, the dream of, like, the heyday of superheroes is, like, over, which I, I find to be very interesting. Yeah, I feel like he borrowed some from The Incredibles, you know? They really laid the groundwork for that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Not not the original. Not, not the, the original, original text. novel from the 80s. No, I think he took it from the 2005 animated film, I mean, The Incredibles. How could he not? Uh, a, a masterpiece of, of superhero cinema. I do think that this movie laid the groundwork for, like, TV shows like The Boys and Umbrella Academy. Even though Umbrella Academy is not, like, a traditional superhero yeah. uh, show. Right. I, I mean, I think that what what the movie and what the graphic novel did was such an important look at the, the morality of superheroes and, you know, um, their, their impact on the societies in which they live in the, in the comic book like lineage. Um, I don't, I would be very interested to see like what people thought when the original story like came out. Cause also the, the guy that wrote this, there was a team of people that worked on it. Alan Moore was like the, I would, I would think it's like the head creative individual that was involved in the comics. And he is, he's an interesting guy. Um, that never sounds good. I mean, he's he's known as, like, a really incredible writer. I mean, he did this. He did um, V for Vendetta. He did Batman the Killing Joke. 
and so he's he's really good at what he does, but I think he just has like this really odd persona. He's he's an occultist and a ceremonial magician, according to Wikipedia. What is a ceremonial magician? Is it only for special occasions? Ritual magic. Oh boy. And he I, I think for this and for the adaptations of V for Vendetta and oh he did the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen as well. And a couple other things that have been adapted into movies. He like doesn't he doesn't like it. He is one of those people that like would prefer that his work remains untouched and unadapted. So I'm sure that came back again recently because there was actually a sequel Watchmen series from a couple of years ago, which brought Did you in about the HBO thing. No, well that too. I think he was he probably had his feelings about that. But there's a comic um, called Watchmen Doomsday Clock, and it crossed over the Watchmen world with like established DC characters. Is like Watchmen Batman. owned by DC? Yeah. It was I don't know if it was published by DC or like one of their imprints, but yeah, it's it's a DC property. But that's all that's all comic stuff. So one of the first things we see in the movie is well, one, there's like a lot of there's a lot of needle drops in music in this, and some of it is maybe a bit too <laughs> on the nose. I liked the soundtrack though. The, of the soundtrack movie. is good. It was just like some of the songs when they played, I was like this is like the most obvious choice. Like when the sound of silence being used for a funeral, I'm like, yes, okay. <laughs> this is, and it, it also doesn't help that that's kind of become like a meme in the last couple of years. But the Bob Dylan montage at the beginning, I think was a really good way to set up the world that Watchmen takes place in. Yeah. I think the beginning thing was good and we'll, talk about it a little bit more in detail, but the thing that I just kept thinking about was like how spooky it is watching it right now with like the Russian Ukraine conflict yeah. and how like, Oh my God, all of this is coming back. We think we're like on the like precipice of another nuclear, like cold yeah. war. And it was like disconcerting I mean, watching it. You know, I just saw some meme that was like, you know, we're, Russia is our big uh, international rival, and Top Gun is number one in movie theaters. There's something else, and it was like, we are back in the 80s, y'all. And, yeah. Politics, corruption, I don't know. It's really on the nose. I mean, the the whole, like, Cold War, yeah, Russian paranoia thing. And we just finished watching the first part of uh, season four of Stranger Things, and there's a lot of Russia stuff going on there. Like, it's all... Yeah, there's a lot of that. So it, that is an extra layer of the whole narrative of this, unfortunately. Um, but the the montage, I don't... So I, I have, like, vague recollections of things from the graphic novel, which a few of which I, like, mentioned when we were watching it. Um, a lot of it is hazy, and I don't remember how much of this stuff is, like, delved into more in the book. So you get, like, a bit of this background on, like, the original team of like costumed superheroes being formed. Which I was like confused about who's like original, who's new. And then some of them are just stayed on like the comedian. Like he's from the original he's, and he's in been, the new group, right? He wasn't, I don't think he was like original, original. Cause I think the original ones are from like pre-World War II. But I, th- I feel like comedian like came in like around, like right before the Vietnam. Although he was, but like He's the, the one that killed JFK, so... The guy that um, they're having a beer with. Yeah. He's, like, OG, and he's still alive. He's still alive, but he's, like, retired. I feel like it was a bit more clear in the comic because they, they would refer to, like, Patrick Wilson's character not as Night Owl, but he was, like, always called Night Owl 2, and Silk Spectre was Silk so, Spectre 2. In the IMDb credits, it's like that, but I think that is what was confusing and remains confusing to me is that... This this movie is done as if we already know the world and who these people are in the world, which is like fine to like play catch up as an audience member, but definitely like as a teenager, it was still really challenging. Like to I didn't I couldn't catch up with it. Yeah. So I don't know who their audience was when this first came out, and I, I don't think it did that well. 
the movie. Um, yeah. I like. Well, I know critically it was kind of like it was polarizing, and you know you have it's always been like that for Zack Snyder. So you had people that like it, it worked for, and some people it, it didn't. And I think a lot of that criticism came from like the. I mean, Watchmen is like a really critically acclaimed comic. If you read the comic, how come you never saw the movie? I could not tell you. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, my, my dad had it. My dad probably saw this movie. I don't know why I never got around to seeing it when it was out in the theaters. It's probably, I was busy just watching The Dark Knight over and over again. I was like, I don't have room for another You're Like, is movie. there a video game of this? Oh, God. <laughs> that, that would not have worked. Um, I don't know. Some, like, so to me, like, this movie was like, a really faithful adaptation of the comic. But I think for a lot of people the way that Zack Snyder like does things visually, it didn't, some people were like, it's betraying the whole concept of the comic being a deconstruction of superhero stuff. Cause it gives them like these cool, like slow-mo action scenes. And I, I feel like for some people they're like, it's too slick. Like it's making these characters come across as like too cool. Well, I was like, are they enhanced? I, I don't think any of them are. Like Except why for are Dr. they? Manhattan. Like why are they chosen? Or they? It seems like self chose themselves almost. I have no idea. Like why is Patrick Wilson in this group? Yeah. Ever. I, I don't know. I don't know. Because he's like good at like tinkering, and like building I, his little I, I spaceship. Guess. And like he's he's pretty good at fighting. I I think at one point there were some prequels done, but I never read them. I I feel like we're just supposed to like, I, I don't know, do, draw our own conclusions. But, like, so the Watchmen series, like, it doesn't start with the original Watchmen. Like, there's not a comic book series with the original. Uh, there might be now. Also, they have they, different names. It's, like, Minutemen and yeah, Watchmen. Yeah, it became the Watchmen later. No, um, it, it started, like, this is, like, as far as I remember, with a couple, like, small changes, like, really one for one how the comic was told. Like, with the stuff out of order with Dr. Manhattan being, But like, this was, like, the first comic. Yeah, yeah. It starts off mid well post watchmen kind of like it's all that's so odd to start a story with like your backstory in place like i think it's supposed to like i'm assuming what alan moore is intending is like the the backstory is basically like a world of superheroes that we would know like it's like a normal like dc world we got a lot of active superheroes and this is like because his original plan was to use some established characters and then like the heads there were like you can't tell this story and we can't keep using these characters after you tell this story. So he had to come up with like some of his own original stuff. You can't stuff. hurt Batman or Superman. Right. Cause I could, I could imagine like a world in which this story is happening, but it's just like, we're looking back on the heyday of like the justice league, like 50 years later and being like, what the fuck happened? And it is kind of like you said, like the boys, like yeah. the, the commodification. Of, yeah. yeah. Um, it, there was definitely a lot of parallels to boys. I was actually wondering if the person that created the boys had anything to do with Watchmen. Um, I didn't know nothing about the boys comics. Um, okay, the boys was a Garth Ennis comic, and he did he did like a lot of stuff. Um, he did Preacher. He did the Punisher. He he did like this really. Kind of like the... Um, Wait, Punisher, like Marvel's Like Pun- Marvel Punisher. Um, so I don't... I'm sure they must have taken some influence from from Watchmen for it because it's... It, yeah, there's a lot of comparisons to be made. I mean, like, commercializing superheroes is, like, not that crazy of a jump, but, like, it does feel like the way that the government has, like, ownership over these and, like... And also similar to Marvel, they are like, we have this, like, code yeah. that they're not allowed to, like, do it anymore, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't have free reign, which is, like, what happened in Avengers, obviously. So I do think that this movie is really interesting in how, like, movies and content that's coming out today is, is still so rel- uh, relatable to this. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think that's part of why... Like, it was very prescient, I yeah. guess, for its time, especially. Because I'm assuming this came at the... Comet came out like 1986. I was gonna say, like in the 80s. Yeah, yeah. I think that's part of the reason why the story holds up is it's just it's it's topical like whenever because of the nature of just like what they're trying to say and seeing like what 
makes the alt history, like what what basically happens to form the universe that we're seeing is well. Like that's really what cool. reminded me of Umbrella Academy, and yeah. obviously like the JFK thing. Right. I mean, Umbrella Academy is way more like sci-fi than yeah, superhero. Totally. I think it is. But I think yeah. I think of Umbrella Academy as having more in common with like X Men, if anything. Um, but yeah, I mean, so yeah, we I mean, we see these flashes of like the comedian assassinates JFK and I, I, I just saw something on Wikipedia. Well, and the comedian's death is what... Right. Like, it sets off the whole thing yeah. and Nixon gets well, I mean, a third I think term. Before they do the, you know, in history, I think he dies. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's, I mean, that is the first thing that yeah. we see, I guess, is he yeah, the, falls the comedian the... getting a thrown out of a plate glass window and we get the iconic like smiley face pin with the blood on it which was that was like the cover of the comic and they keep using that over and over again it comes back at the end of the movie too this was just like the the group of quote-unquote superheroes that we have here is just like the most dysfunctional team imaginable like everyone has like a ton of trauma and yeah baggage, checks out patrick wilson's just kind of like He's the most adjusted of them all. I mean, all. he can't get it up, you know. No, he, he can't. He can't. <laughs> so yeah, no, him and him and Rorschach are basically on the same level. No. Um, but I mean, I mean, he's clearly not like well adjusted though. No, Patrick he, Wilson. He's not. He's not. He can't like. He pretends to like live this like normal life. Right, but at the end of the day, he still wants to run around in an owl costume. But you know, things have to be bad when you have people like the comedian and Rorschach like heading up the <laughs> the the first and foremost like superhero team. That is not a good world that we're living in. Right. Like who who um contracted somebody like Rorschach to be part of this? Like I understand the comedian because he's like a soldier basically. Yeah. But like Rorschach I he just not. seems like he just is doing it on his own and he's like, I'm like friendly with these guys. Yeah, like when like was he ever official or any of them ever official? I, I have no idea. I guess I mean, not. I think like the comedian is employed by the government, like for sure. Well, yeah, they say that after though right. he was hired in '76 or whatever. Yeah, but you know they're like sending in like I mean I know that the comedian and Doctor Manhattan at least are in Vietnam and Vietnam becomes the 51st state in this universe. There's like a sign on the wall that says it, and that's like one of the big turning points. Is like we didn't like lose in Vietnam and. It's just so interesting seeing, like, those, what changes Alan Moore decided to make to bring us to this point and, like, make sure that it's, like, yeah, we're, we're teetering on the edge of nuclear annihilation and it's just all these little, well, not even little turning points in history that, you know, like, the loss of the Vietnam War is something that's so, I feel like, still discussed in American history, but, like, I don't even know if a lot of people see it that way. <laughs> and I don't, I don't know. I don't know what would, what that would have done to international relations. It's so much stuff going on in this world that we don't really get an explanation on because we're just dropped into the middle of it. I think that the beginning though, like, which is pretty brutal. I mean, the whole movie is like pretty brutal, yeah. but I feel like, or maybe this is, like, throughout the whole movie, this feels like a superhero movie that Quentin Tarantino would make. Totally. Yeah, it's just, like, a, a takedown of the whole, like, And, like, idea. especially with the alt-history stuff. Yeah. Probably would have been a little funnier if, if QT had done it, you know, which yeah. I wouldn't have been mad about, but not, you know. I, I feel like the Zack Snyder, like, dour tone is, like, exactly how it was in the comic. So I'm not mad about it. Yeah. Also, this feels like it should be dour. Like it's the Cold War. They're on like the brink of what of nuclear yeah. uh, destruction. Destruction. There's, no so. one's having a good time. Everyone's yeah. on edge. And yeah, man, there's there's just like so much going on in the story of this. I don't know where to start because it, it tells it out of order in the in the movie, which I I did forget about. Um, like. They were talking about Dr. Manhattan in the first scene on TV, and I was like, wait, do we like not see like how he became Dr. Manhattan? I totally forgot. I also forgot until I just was reading about That's because about the, time is 
you know, all around us. Of course. As Dr. Manhattan said. We, we comprehend it in one way and he doesn't. I'd also forgotten, and I don't remember what the nature of it was, in the comic, there's like an in, in-universe comic that also gets dropped in um, throughout the story called like Tales from the Black Freighter or something. And I remember being extremely confused when I first read it. I probably read this comic when I was like in middle school. So I didn't know what the hell was going on. I, I think a lot of the themes went completely over my head. Like all the oh, history certainly. stuff. I was like, I don't know what's happening. I don't <laughs> like, even know history. Like I remember enjoying it, but also like I finished it and being like, you know what? Because <laughs> also Vite's thing was a little different in the comic versus the movie. And oh, his whole, stuff is super confusing. Yeah. I did see um, a piece of trivia about like the actors that played each character and the guy that played Rorschach, uh, Jackie Earl Haley, he was like the only one that had read this or was like familiar with comics. And he was, seems about right. He was like campaigning to get this part. And then the guy that played uh, Vite, uh, whose name is Matthew Good, him, I think him and Patrick Wilson like called friends to like ask about it, like nerdy friends. And they were like, dude, like, yes, of course, like, fucking take this part. They're like, no, you don't need to read the script. The comic is good, which could have been dicey, but... Yeah, I mean, it's in the heyday, I guess, of... Well, not the heyday, but, like, Batman Begins, and Christian Bale had just made being, like, a superhero cool yeah. again. Yeah, Iron so. Man was year before this. Yeah, yeah. Dark Knight was well, year I'm before sure this. when they were getting approached for this, like, sure. Iron Man hadn't come out. I'm yeah, they would have been working on it for a couple of years. But yeah, it was it was around that time. The only like more topical time for this to have come out would be like in the last like two or three years. I don't think it would do as well. You're probably right. I mean, yeah. not that it necessarily like I said, I don't know if it did like that great, but I think this movie stands like a test of time better that it came out when it did, I guess. Yeah, I agree. Cause like something like the Batman, I feel like can do its thing and post this movie coming out. Like this kind of like established like a way to do it in a dark way. And because they didn't use like a well-known story, it was like fine. Yeah. I guess. I think you're right. I mean, maybe I'm giving it too much credit. No, I don't think so. I I think this is a pretty important movie. I mean, I I mean enough that it, it felt like HBO was able to revisit it and give it a sequel series. That was just as well received as far as I know, which I don't know if we'll ever get around to watching that for the pod, but after we've watched this, I'm a bit interested in seeing the story that they have to tell. I have no, I, I know nothing about the show, but anything more in this universe would be cool. Cause I, I, this, the story has kind of an open end in a way. I mean, you know, not, not in the way that Vi- like life and, continues. Well, and they think <laughs> that they've gotten away with this plot, you know, Vite and, kind of getting Dr. Manhattan on his side in a way, but I think um, some of the comics explore like what Rorschach's journal oh, right. and the yeah. effect of that. Cause he sends it to like this like right wing, like tabloid and also the, like, yeah, I mean, there's so much to say about the, the characters themselves too. I'm a little, I'm overwhelmed with all the things that we can discuss. I think Patrick Wilson is kind of an underrated actor. Have you seen that tweet that's like, it's like three pictures of Patrick Wilson in like different movies. And it's like, this man has made it his life goal to be in a billion movies, but never be famous. Yeah. He's like not really famous. Like I think people think he's somebody else. Yeah. Like he always kind of looks a little bit like somebody else. And it's like. He looks different in his movies. Like between this and Aquaman. Yeah. Like that's not the same guy. Um. Like, he kind of looks like Ethan Hawke a little bit. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah, he, he just, like, blends really well. He also retweeted that tweet being like, damn it, I've been found out. And I just <laughs> think it's so funny. Because, when yeah, when we watched Aquaman, which, coincidentally, we, we may or may not be, be doing that soon on the pod, so we'll be getting a bit of back-to-back Patrick Wilson, possibly. Um, I was like, I don't, like, what do I know this guy from? How much stuff has he been in? <laughs> He's been in so many things. But, like... I mean, I think a lot of people would probably know him from the Insidious movies. I've never seen Insidious. I saw the first one, surprisingly. 
In just, theaters, just, I think. Just add it to the list of like weird movies that you've seen. Okay, that was like an incredibly that, popular that movie when it came out. Yeah, I know. Just you seeing a horror movie in theaters is funny to me. But yeah, he's really he's really good in this. Um, I kind of like remember Night Owl in the comics being like an awkward kind of guy. Like not he wasn't like drawn or written as like being superhero material. Which, I think he made that clear. <laughs> yeah, which I, I just find so interesting. And like you were saying, like, how did this guy end up taking over this role? No idea. Did he get scouted? Did he know this other guy? I mean... Well, yeah, is the guy that he's having beers with... That's the original. That's the original, yeah. yeah. So I don't, I don't know what the nature of that is. I wanted more of those scenes. Yeah. I mean, so we didn't watch the director's cut or the ultimate cut, whatever it's called... Um, because we just watched already the version a that very was... long movie. Like Zack Snyder, chill out. <laughs> he, can, he cannot make a television series seriously. Then you can spend more time. He strikes me as one of those guys that doesn't want to do TV. Yeah, I know, but like you clearly do because you don't do a, te- a movie format. <laughs> yeah, this is already two hours and forty-five minutes. Like, or and there's a lot of story to tell here. So like, fine. I don't know what is added in in the director's cut, but I'm assuming it's more of that kind of stuff. Like probably expanded some of the action scenes, but a bit more of the, the low key, just chit chat. Low keys in it. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I think the thing that I felt like was missing, and I guess this is intentional because you're not supposed to guess what's happening with Vite is like, we spend so little time with him as a character. Yeah. Like we don't, I don't really know. Like, what public opinion is on him, what his role was like in the team, his relationship with the team. Well, he's the smartest man in the world. Sure. They just keep, they were, there were a lot of repetitive lines. Yeah. Which I guess is on purpose because it's like, oh, it's like a comic. They always say the same like quips or whatever. It works a little better in comics because you're not hearing it. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of, it's an interesting thing to look at because like, of course, like masks are outlawed. Like, that's that's the precedent that's been set. Vite's still out here, like, he's not wearing a mask. Right. He's not, because obviously his identity is known to the entire world, but he's, like, sometimes just, like, still wearing his superhero attire. I'm like, what are we, what are we doing? I don't know. I'm like, what, what is going on? How did he ascend to this, this tax bracket? <laughs> There's, yeah, I mean, I, I guess that is the point. There's just so much that we are not told about the history of this team in the universe. And it can be kind of frustrating because it makes things a bit hard to understand contextually, but I know that's what they're going for. To me, um, the comedian is like one of the most fascinating characters because obviously like the first thing that we see in the movie is him getting chucked out of a window and we don't know anything about who he is. Right, we're and like, then, oh, is he, are we rooting for him? Right. And I can answer that. The answer is no, we're De- not. Pretty definitively, we're no. We're pretty much not. The movie just keeps telling you over and over again, hey, this guy is... He's a piece of he's, shit. He's not good. This guy killed JFK. This guy killed Woodward and Bernstein. He killed a pregnant woman. And yet we all keep working with him. Right. It's insane. And I don't, I, I'm kind of wondering like what Alan Moore's political views were. Because we get, like, Nixon is, like, such a hero in this universe. I know. The 22nd Amendment's been overturned. He's he's president. Uh, Rorschach is always calling people, like, liberals. and But, like, obviously, none of this is, like, good. So I'm very interested to see, like, what his... I I don't know. He doesn't strike me as the kind of person that would have... That would talk about it a lot. I think he's, like, identified as an anarchist. But it was a really interesting, like, look at, like, 80s conservatism well yeah i mean i don't think anyone's out here like vying for nixon so if he's like putting nixon at the forefront i don't think he's pro nixon no no i'm not saying that i just like yeah i don't know um i had like forgotten or just didn't even realize in the first place like how which is stupid to say but i haven't read the book in a long time so i don't know if i like fully grasped the political overtones of the whole story like it's not just dystopian it's like being written as like it's not dystopian because they're like a fully functioning world. Yeah, well, 
not like, dystopian. What do you consider dystopian? Well, you know, like the term limits being repealed and there's like a... a Abortion being repealed. Yeah. And like a, a shadow government, like assassinating public figures in the U.S. Like, it's not, it's not good. That did happen. I mean, yes. The government killed JFK. We all know it. The comedian killed JFK. I'm taking this conspiracy theory a bit further. And they faked the moon landing. Oh, my God. Next on Into the Superverse Conspiracy Pod. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I My notes are very scattered. Yeah, mine are more like observations from the movie rather than like commenting on the plot itself. Yeah. Like one thing I think... Well, one, I think the CGI of this movie held up incredibly well. It really did. Like, Dr. Manhattan looks good. I mean, there's some things that are a little, like, whatever, but, like, I I wasn't distracted by it. I mean, his penis being out was distracting. The CGI deck was really distracting. Unnecessary, I would say, like, to have that. Like, just maybe have pants on. It's absolutely unnecessary. I feel like I remember in the comic, they would just draw it like a like a U shape, like a bracket almost. There's no detail. Someone had to model this for every frame of the movie. That yeah, Billy, Billy, Crudup Billy Crudup did. Was, yeah, just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> I someone. Um, I don't know if I saw it on IMDb or Letterboxd when I was logging it. They were like complaining about the explosions at the end of the movie, and they're like, "These looked terrible." I'm like, "They could have." Saved the money that they used on Dr. Manhattan's stick and just put it towards the explosion budget. But no, I totally agree with you. Um, for a movie this stylized to come out at that time, it could have, they could have made some visual choices that could have made it really hard to watch now. Yeah, and I mean, like the style not. holds up. Yeah. I think it helps that, like, as a whole, it's pretty dark and they're not super reliant on any big effects besides Dr. Manhattan. So they like I feel like all the costumes were practical. Um, the set design was like pretty basic. Also, Not in a bad way, but I know this is like an unpopular opinion or whatever. But I think that they carried off carried out the noir narrating thing better than the Batman did. Yeah. Because they really committed to it, I feel like, in Watchmen. And I don't think they committed to it enough in The Batman. Um, that, like, I was like, yeah, this totally makes sense. Like, Rorschach doing this whole thing in, like, his journal. And then, like, I, I think that I'm comparing the two movies so much because I think that they're doing a similar thing. And I think overall The Batman's a much better movie. But I think in terms of that, like, trying to capture, like, a modern noir style... I think they did it better in Watchmen. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I mean, I really liked the take on it in the Batman, but it was used just as a bookend. And for this, not only does the whole like thing, like him narrating and it being journal entries, which is what they did in the Batman, but it comes back yeah. as a plot device, which I thought was really interesting. And yeah, they just have him use it throughout the movie, not just once in the beginning, once in the end. It also helps that like, Rorschach is like certified insane. So it's yeah. easier for me to imagine him like, even if they didn't do a journal, like him just walking around at night saying like this talking, stuff to himself. Yeah. Which his mask also looked really good. I yeah. loved that effect. It's I think it's so, so cool. cool. It's so cool. I I love the that idea for a character is just like amazing. Cause the rest of these guys are like pretty run-of-the-mill hero ideas i guess like i mean the owl like a night owl all right silk specter is just like nothing. i didn't even know that was his name i don't know if they ever say and it. i didn't understand like the goggles thing until you just explained that he's like a night owl he's an owl and his goofy looking ship that <laughs> like looks like a giant pair of goggles so goofy um so rorschach certainly stands out amongst the crowd still like you said, begs the question of how he ever worked with the team. I don't see that working. He is, doesn't seem like a team player. You know, he has his moments, his moments where he's like trying to be polite are hilarious to me. 
Like when they're going to Antarctica. Is it Antarctica or Alaska? Antarctica. Because yeah. he's like taking over a continent. Yeah. And Rorschach is like, don't wish to impede in functioning of the aircraft. <laughs> Perhaps try pulling up. <laughs> and he's like not panicking, but just like, just making a gentle suggestion. Also, like the actor that plays him is great. Looks like Chuck Norris. Looks like Chuck Norris. Confirmed. At one point, I thought it was him, and I was like, "Wait, I already looked up who this car- this actor was." I mean, it doesn't. I don't know this guy from anything except this. Um, but not, obviously, you only see his face so much. It's good when he's doing his face acting, but the way <laughs> his that death is really his death compelling. Is, yeah, the way that like he's he's speaking though. He doesn't like use like I. He just like states things. Like, yeah. Like don't want to blank or whatever. It's it, not all the time, of course, but I don't know. His, his character is very fascinating. And like when he's telling his whole story about like when he stopped being, um, I just forgot his actual name and he's like, so-and-so died. And that's when I became Rorschach. It's just like, it's so like fucked up, like the stuff that they're dealing with. And yeah, it's like, you have someone like Bruce Wayne, who is obviously not stable. And people are like, if he was stable, he wouldn't be running around the city in a bat suit. And I'm like, no, this is like, this is like as far as you can go, like on that spectrum while people still consider you like a hero of any sort. Well, like they're not like, right. They went too far. So yeah. this is what happens. And I, I'm still surprised that we have these moments where Patrick Wilson's character is like out in the streets with the comedian, like while he's, like beating the shit out of people. And we think he's shooting people, but he's only shooting near people mostly with like, who the like, comedian. Yeah. Cause he like takes out a shotgun and we think he's like gunning down people, but then he's like shooting like stun grenades at like a truck. No, but he like shoots a person like against does, the wall. He hits a guy with the grenade, but it's and, like hit a pregnant woman. Well, that's before, but like, but like I'm, Night Owl is, like, kind of presented as, like, the arbiter of, like, being a decent person in this movie. Like, whether that's true or not. Like, to the audience, he's, like, the most well-balanced member of the Watchmen. He doesn't... Right. He's not dealing with, like, the trauma of, like, Silk Spectre and her mom and dealing with the comedian and stuff. And he doesn't seem like an outward psychopath, but he's still, like, hanging out with Rorschach and the comedian, like, while they're doing all this stuff. And he's not really acting to stop it. He's kind of just like, let's not be violent. And then when the comedian gets violent, he's like, oh, man, I can't believe that we're not a team anymore. (laughs) And I'm like, what? You're not really you're not really doing anything to help my man. Yeah, he's like enabling. Right. And then, you know, so that's kind of like his unwillingness to deal with the uh, what the team has turned into. And then. Going even further, you have Dr. Manhattan, who has, like, become disconnected from humanity, almost. And his story is really fascinating to me. I mean, he could have his own series. Oh, yeah. Like, they they did a lot of time with him and his whole, like, background and, like, the whole cancer thing. And then it ended up... It's obviously important to, like, what happens, but it's not that important to have all of that information like I was kind of like what are we doing here like I was losing track of like why we care about these things yeah I guess it was just like I don't know Dr. Manhattan is like such an he's like an outlier in this universe like like we said like none of the other people are powered so we have like a whole team of people that just put on masks and beat people up with their fists and then we have this guy who is basically like godlike and like, people don't really understand, like, what he is. Um, I've always thought his character is, like, really fascinating. I didn't understand it when I read the comic, kind of, like, what his goal was and why he exiled himself um, from the world and all that. But the the cancer thing was really interesting to me because I had forgotten that plot point. So for a second, I was like, wait, is he, like, is this actually what's happening? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. So I guess Veidt's plan worked on me, too. <laughs> I bought it. Um, but yeah, man, I almost... I, I feel bad for him when he's on that interview and he's just getting, you know... Yeah. So taken off guard. That was fucked up. I know, and I don't think that I ever bought the fact that he, like, didn't care. No, like, Even though I they don't. kept telling us. I yeah, was like, no, I... 
even if he like was the source of it, I there's no way like obviously he's like kind of become on this higher plane of existence, but I still think he would. And he he still does. Like when um what's his name was like I can like read those facial cues. Like I know like that right, he was like exactly. broken up inside. And I think also like kind of the weak link for me in this movie in terms of acting is Lori. And part of that is because that actress plays this character in a rom-com called 27 Dresses. She plays this younger sister who is literally the worst person. She's a horrible person. And I can't even get into it. That's a whole nother podcast as well. (laughs) Um, So I know her from that. And I don't like her character in that. But I also just don't think she was on the same level as like, cause she's playing off Patrick Wilson a lot, like what he's doing and she's like fine, but I wanted more from her character, especially. Yeah. Yeah. She was a little, she was a bit flat. I mean, Patrick Wilson is like the normal guy in a movie full of like these bombastic characters, but he like d- is doing it in a way that's like, I don't know. It makes you think that like he, I don't know. Like, there's something else there. And for Silk Spectre, I'm like, I don't know. Well, I was like, are you supposed to like, I, I want to see either you're more deranged or that you're more like functioning, which I think she's not supposed to be functioning. No, no, I don't think so either. And I, I don't, I'm sure it's like challenging having to do all of like the Dr. Manhattan scenes. Like, I don't know what that actually looked like on set, but like, <laughs> I don't know. he's also like on this different plane and then she's, intentionally like on a different plane like talking to him but i was just like why did he choose to be with you amongst all these other people like what are you bringing to the table and i i think that might be also partly the writing i don't know yeah i don't i don't know yeah we we kind of weren't getting anything like yeah give us give us something like leaning heavily in one direction like I, i don't know when we revisit that stuff like about her knowing that the comedian was like her dad like that i don't know like i felt like there wasn't enough that was a little on the nose like didn't we as the audience like understand that like immediately grasped it like when yeah because they chose that like clip of her life to show us and yeah i I don't know i I don't know what they were trying to do with that plot point so I, i would probably agree that that was like of the core of the movie that was probably the weakest part for me too and then i think overall I don't know how, like, self-aware the movie is because it seems so earnest, even though it's, like, dark and, like, you know, we're um, above all this, like, other superhero stuff. It still felt, like, very earnest and, like, Rorschach is, like, a very earnest character, which I know it's, like, weird to describe someone like him as earnest because he's not, like, naive. He's just, like, he means everything that he says kind of is what I mean by that. And, like, I don't know. I was, like, just thinking about the movie as a whole. I'm like, are they, like, how self-aware is it of, like, what it's doing? Well, so that I feel like that's, like... Do you what, know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and so here's the thing. Like, I think I was saying that there's a lot of people that were fans of the comic that were critical of the movie. And I think it's because, like, I do think the movie is very faithful in the story and, like, attempts to be very faithful in the tone. But I think it's just the nature of making a movie versus writing a comic that makes some of these characters and the plot and the atmosphere come off a bit, a bit more serious than intended, a bit more earnest than intended. Cause like Alan Moore was like, I'm doing a, a breakdown and a, like a kind of satire of like, s- like superheroes as a whole. But like the comic was, he like, wrote it and drew it in a way that it was consistent with like a normal comic book. Like it wasn't meant to be like super edgily written or anything. So you had these characters like Rorschach doing what they're doing. And it's like, like how are we supposed to feel about this? And I just feel like that's something that was, it was so intently intentionally written to be a comic book that like, no matter how faithfully you do it, when you lift that off the page and put it into a movie, it's something about it inherently changes. Yeah, I guess. And I and I think you kind of said this or like skirted around it. Like, it seems like the characters take themselves so seriously yeah. in the movie. And I think that's, 
I guess ultimately good, but yeah, I don't know. It just made me question. Yeah, I'm wondering if that's like part of it. It's like these these guys were so serious about like the Watchmen team that they never took a second to realize like maybe how ridiculous some of this was. I don't know. Which again, to compare it to the Batman, I think that they did that better in the Batman because like those I, we talked about this a lot on that episode, but those shots where like they pull away and they're showing kind of like how ridiculous Robert Pattinson is as the Batman in the world. It's like you hear his um like not spandex, but like yeah. the leather squeak. It's like, oh, this is like in- ridiculous. Yeah. But like he is taking himself seriously. I I, I don't know. They just well, I don't know I, what that is, but they did it better in the Batman than they did in this. Well, and I think it's maybe that that's even kind of intentional in this universe because like this world embraced masked vigilantes like yeah. wholeheartedly, like so early, and the government is just like, like yes. in the Incredibles, like, yeah, and they're like, all right, we're on board with this. Like, come help us fight wars. We are taking this completely seriously. Like you are going to be like kind of celebrities. So there was never room to be like, this isn't that serious. Cause for it, like it was made serious. Also they are like, well, they think they're being sought out after and murdered. Like, yeah, it is serious. Right. Which I think it's just like, it's, it's so like ingrained in the world that they built. It's like different than any other superhero well, like, I think Marvel takes themselves seriously, but Marvel, like, intentionally, like, keeps this, like, lightness and comic bookness that that's fine. Because right. everything else is light. They can take themselves seriously, but everything takes it to another level mm-hmm. in this. So, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, it's just some other random plot points for me. I feel like every superhero franchise has to have like a burning building moment. Like yeah, this building love. is on fire and like we have to rescue these people. Like Spider-Man that is quintessential it. like it's classic. saving someone. And of course for this, so you know, like first day back on the job. What, yeah. What, what better to do than rescue people That's from a burning building? Also what happens in the Incredibles. That's the first thing oh, yeah. they do on their little side thing. Damn classic also like superheroes being killed yeah i'm telling you there was a lot of comparisons with the incredibles is the incredibles yeah. just Watchmen? <laughs> let's see what happens if i if i try to see if anyone else has made this comparison before okay then i'll just quickly skate by the sex scene question mark man that was that was something wasn't it i i can't believe that that was in this movie that they were like, yeah, like I don't, well, I, I don't know what reception was to this movie when it came out. Like, I don't know if people were like going to see this, not knowing what Watchmen was like, not knowing the, the kind of movie that it would be. Like, I don't know if the trailers made it clear or if it was like, Oh, this is just, this is coming out in the wake of two very popular superhero movies, so let's go see another superhero movie. <laughs> and then two hours into this, you know, is this post a guy's arms getting cut off in prison or, you know, the... No, right before it. <laughs> of course. I think. I mean, yeah, that was like a really graphic sex scene. And also another extremely on-the-nose song moment. And extremely, like, unnecessary. Super unnecessary super unnecessary. Yeah, I'm also, like, not shipping anyone in this. Like, I don't care about their love lives. None of these people should be shipped. But using even using the term shipping in Watchmen feels wrong. Everyone should just, like, find someone that is not a superhero and just, like, try to have some semblance of a normal life and not, not whatever this is. From Screen Rant in 2018... The Incredibles was basically Watchmen. <laughs> That's so funny. The Incredibles is Watchmen for kids. There are, uh, several Reddit threads being like, the Incredibles and Watchmen are the same Maybe movie. it's because I've seen this movie before, but Ozymandia. I feel like I'm an expert. Ozymandias and Syndrome being the same character. The aggravated pioneer, once an optimist, with a bright vision of how superheroes would operate. And their time was cut short by the government's relocation program. 
and then sought a, a high technical role that used their old superhero skills that they would use against our protagonists. <laughs> and they actually broke down every character uh, having a parallel, including Dr. Manhattan being Jack-Jack. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I'm going to have to think on that before I comment. But speaking of that, just to bring it back to our actual Watchmen, um, that is another trope that we continue to see in every franchise is a Dr. Manhattan character. We have Vision in Marvel. We have... Um, the Silver Surfer in Fantastic Four. Like, they're yeah. all, like, this cerebral um, being that is more knowledgeable about our world than we are. Right. And are also, like, intended to save or destroy the world. Right. And we and we don't know. Humanity doesn't know whether to trust them or not. And I guess, like, that's just something that comes up in superhero movies. It's, like, I guess similar to, like, Aliens, but... Yeah, just a classic trope. Yeah, and it's fine. Like, I was just noting it, yeah. really. But, yeah, it is It is a popular trend, I guess. I mean, it, that's that really works as, like, in the satire because, like, it just takes the the whole, like, yeah, can we or can't we trust this... And it's, it's different because, of course, like, Dr. Manhattan is not an alien. I feel like that, that changes it a little bit. It's like, in some ways, he's seen as, like, this American asset. And I guess that's, I think some comics have explored that. Like, is Superman, like, an American asset? And sometimes it's right. like, yeah, sometimes it's no. Yeah, I, I think they, even though they spent a lot of time with Dr. Manhattan, it was so, like, unanswered questions, like... Because he clearly doesn't think of himself as his, like, former self. He thinks of him as somebody else entirely. Right. Which is odd. Yeah, like, you have to wonder, like, what, like, how that occurred. Yeah. I don't know. Because I guess we're, we're shown it pretty quickly, but the time in which he was, his original self, like, disintegrated and him, like, learning to reform himself into what we know as Dr. Manhattan is, like, a not insignificant stretch of time. It's, like, a couple months. Oh, I yeah. Think. So, like, I'm imagining that, like, his consciousness is kind of, like, floating around and he's trying to grasp, like, what he is. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I'm kind of, like, towards the the end with my notes here. Because a lot of this movie is just be- mixed between flashbacks and the the team trying to uncover, like, what's happening because, you know, when the comedian ends up dead and uh, there's this quote-unquote attempted assassination on Vite. Um, Very tricky. I mean, his scheme, his scheme is something else. Well, he's the smartest man in the world. Yeah, and fastest, I guess, because <laughs> he does catch a bullet. He doesn't seem that fast. I mean, I know that all of that, um, the, atta- the assassination attempt is, like, faked, but when we were watching it, I had kind of forgotten about that. So I'm like, so was but she I don't like think a the guy knew it was fake. No, I don't think so. But you know, fight I think could have stopped some of that from happening. But he just let that guy get shot in the head, <laughs> and that woman got shot in the leg. But yeah, that's not life ending. You know, it looks life ending. I mean, it's <laughs> yeah, okay. It seemed pretty bad. <laughs> Took a big chunk out. The also that was another thing. We were talking about the effects. The violence in this is, like, very stylized. Um, yeah, like it's never, that, like, head-on. The gunshots. Seems. I mean, and when the guy gets his arms cut off in prison, you know, like, we're Wait, seeing that. That was pretty graphic. But, like, it's in a way that, like, the amount of blood spraying could be realistic. I don't know what happens when you cut someone's arms off with a saw. The violence was the like, most comical part of the whole movie. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's like, oh, like, I'm not, like, grossed out by this because it's, like, so over the top. yeah. Which I thought was an interesting take on it, too. Um, so, as far as I know, the biggest, like, change from the comic in this movie is, like, what Vite does. Really? The execution of his plan. And so, in the comic, like, everything plays out the same. It's like, I'm not, they confront him, and Vite's like, I'm not some comic book villain. I oh, would, yeah. Which I love that, like... And that's, of course, like, the most, like, fourth wall breaking, like, satire of, like, oh, like, I know that, I know the story that I'm writing and I know, like, Like, uh, what I'm trying to, like, deconstruct. 
Um, so in the comic, instead of like doing this thing where he's imitating Dr. Manhattan's powers so he can like frame him for the attacks, he like, I think builds like this interdimensional like teleporter thing. And I don't know if it's just, I think in the comic, I'm probably wrong. It's just New York City. It's not in this. It's like L.A., Hong Kong, a bunch of other places. Yeah, they show that it's a bunch of other places, but then it only looks like they only show like one. Real well, we see like a screen where it's like detonation successful and then we see New York happen and then they visit Manhattan. Um, either way, instead of building this bomb thing, he just like drops in this giant interdimensional alien being. And, like, basically, like, teleports it into the middle of New York. And it starts, like, killing people. And I think someone kills... I the movie makes more sense. Because it actually looks like it could be... Well, so I I think I like the movie version better. Because I thought the comic ending was, like, kind of goofy. And kind of, like, didn't go along with the, the tone that they had set. I'm like, oh, we're, like, this is, like, interdimensional, like, travel now with, like, aliens and stuff. Obviously, Vite has this weird cat pet thing. That's the worst CGI of the whole it's, movie. That Why is was rough. they shouldn't have just? I get like he's doing this whole like ancient. Yeah, and like it was Roman. there in the comics. I guess they they just wanted to it do it. Looked but it looked bad. Yeah, it, it, that wasn't quite up to par. But so the one the the thing that I saw that like did give me pause about what they did in the movie because as a whole I like it better. But like Vite's whole plan is to like bring everybody together to like fight this like, world-ending threat. To fight Dr. Manhattan. So in the comic, it's kind of like, oh, well, if the people in the world can't get along, then I'm going to unite them against something that's not from Earth. Um, and, like, while I get what the plan is in the movie, too, um, it's kind of established Dr. Manhattan is, like, an asset of the United States military. Like, he was in Vietnam and stuff. People know throughout the world that he is... He has worked with America before, so you would think that there might be some distrust by Russia and by other like countries. Like they'd just like, be mad oh, at America. Well, this is just yeah, this is your weapon that's gone rogue and fucked but us all up. But it's his own country. What is? Like where the destruction is happening. So it's like, oh well, you clearly didn't intend this. Yeah, yeah. So I I do think it works in that way. Um, it just I guess it creates like then, a bit more of like a question mark than the alien would. Did they not do all this like cancer stuff and like? contriving like why dr manhattan is taken I out of commission don't remember if they do the cancer stuff in the comic couldn't tell you maybe yeah maybe that was a new addition for this plot i'm not sure but yeah i mean i i knew like that plot change i knew of that plot change before i ever saw the movie just i already remember people talking about it and i was like oh like that's an interesting take on it because i don't remember like without that aspect, like how Dr. Manhattan's story ended, it was the same deal with him having to be the one to kill Rorschach because Rorschach was going to like reveal the truth and stuff. But I, I think this was a really interesting take. And of course, like how else would Dr. Manhattan like be able to like continue existing on earth? So he had to exile himself like entirely, which is pretty wild. And, uh, but yeah, Rorschach's death is just as brutal in this as it is in the comic. It's good. Like, it's done well, yeah, I mean. it is really good. Um, what was your favorite scene? Oh, boy. Um, I don't know. Or favorite fight scene or moment. I have one. What's yours? Well, so I think the thing that was, like, most visually stunning, which this film is done really cinematically like we've talked about um but the thing that i was just like entranced by you could say is like the clock on mars thing oh yeah and then like like him building it and then them going up in it and then at the end when it's like crumbling down on top of her like i think that's all very visually beautiful and i'm like this is so great and then <sighs> they say the line that like comes back too many times is this a joke and i'm like I get it, and, like, we've done it more than three times, which is, as we all know, the rule in comedy. They say this is a joke or this is this a joke 
the joke side as, you know, some reference to the comedian and the joke. We understand. Far too many times. Yeah. It's like, who's the real comedian here? Um, I think, honestly, just like, I really like the bit where Vite is like revealing his plan. I think it's very, like, even if you already know like what the twist is, like going back and like seeing all this stuff about like, oh yeah, like I went even as far as to like fake Dr. Manhattan giving these people cancer by like venting gas in through yeah, the building. That was extreme. And like him like being the one to like put the cyanide pill in that guy's mouth. Like to me, like that twist that like he already did it is like one of like the biggest shocks that you can get. Um and I, I just think it's the execution of it is so great. Because like even though like the plan is pretty far fetched, the movie just tells you over and over again how smart Vite is, so it's like believable that he of all people would be the one to be able to pull this off. It's like the the Zemo and Civil War plot, but on a on a global scale. Yeah, and that it actually works. The people that he's manipulating and like how he's able to get people on his side. I just think Vite is a very effective villain. Um, so that payoff was cool. Otherwise I would I would say something with Something with Rorschach. Um, I know a lot of people like the stuff in prison, but I might pick the thing where he's explaining his origin, uh, juxtaposed with him like looking at the Rorschach test and like lying about yeah. what it says. I think the prison stuff is actually the thing I remembered most from seeing this movie. Yeah. I the the only lines that I ever hear quoted from this are like the I'm not stuck in here with you. You're stuck in here with, or trapped in here with me or whatever. Yeah. Um yeah, people people love Rorschach, you know. I I I hope it's for the for the right reasons. <laughs> yeah, so I'm glad we watched it. We almost bailed because it's a long movie. Yeah. It's been it's been a busy couple of days, but we, we squeezed it in. I'm glad we did. I feel like um I was missing missing out on a kind of touchstone of the comic book movie world. And I I don't know how many other well, so like I was saying, Alan Moore has done, like, a, a number of, like, notable comic books, and some of them have not been, like, superhero-based. Like, the V for Vendetta. I don't remember if I've seen V for Vendetta, actually. Remember a, the something of November? Isn't that yeah, V for Vendetta? Yeah, yeah. I don't remember what day it is. Third, maybe? He did the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which, like, caused Sean Connery to, like, retire from acting or something. It was terrible. Um, which is probably part of the reason why he was like, stop fucking adapting my movies. And then I feel like the one that most people know of him, which is Batman the Killing Joke, which is like the origin story of the Joker, kind of. Which did he not like that adaptation that they did? Didn't they do that in the cartoon? Did, I don't think most people liked it. I think they fucked it up. Oh, which really? Is crazy I thought everyone loves the cartoon. I, I feel like um, that was a couple years ago, I think. And I don't know the specifics, but I feel like I remember pe- people being upset with like some of the choices that they made with the story, um, like something regarding Barbara Gordon. I don't know. I'd read that comic too, but that's been a long time. This is this made me like want to revisit some of this stuff. And you did one about like Jack the Ripper that they adapted with like Brad Pitt or something called From Hell. And I remember trying to read that graphic novel because my dad had it on the shelf next to Watchmen, and like the way that it was written. Like, the actual lettering was, like, scrawled in. And I couldn't read it. I literally could not read any of the dialogue. So I gave up. It's probably good, but I'll never know. Yeah, I don't know how I saw this movie because I wasn't old enough to have watched to get, like, a rated R movie. Yeah. Um, And I think I would have watched it with my sister... And I don't think my parents would have been there because they would have made us turn it off as soon as that sex scene came on. Probably before that. Maybe. Well, yeah, I guess there's a schlong. <laughs> so I'm going to have to see if my sister remembers. I doubt she will. <laughs> She's be like, what the hell are you talking about? I've never seen that movie in my life. That, that is fascinating. Like, I don't know how we acquired it. And I'm just thinking about it now because I'm like. Of all the movies. Of all the movies. Like my mom fast forwarded through Titanic parts of it (laughs) like we were not allowed to watch like scandalous movies but i think if it was like oh it's a superhero movie like you know 
Didn't think much of it. It's a pretty scandalous superhero movie, though. I don't know. I have so many questions for myself. We'll we'll try to get some answers. (laughs) But yeah, um, this was was a good dive in. I want to see some of other... Zack Snyder's other non-DC movies now. Because his style was kind of working for me for this one. Um, And I feel like... You know, I missed out on 300. And that came out when we were, like, in middle school or something. It still exists. Uh, like Sparta kicking people all the time. <laughs> like you couldn't get away from it. No, Sounds I know. It, right. I know it still exists. It just felt like it was a it was a cultural touchstone like ten years ago, and not so much anymore. Um, but I'm still not going to watch Sucker Punch. Sorry, Zack Snyder. <laughs> Heard enough about that one. But uh, yeah, so we'll be back soon with some more. Uh, DC Universe stuff, MCU stuff. There's a lot coming up. So make sure you check it out and rate us five stars. And we are out out of the the Superverse. superverse.